You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the show that goes around the horn with your Minnesota Twins, with insight from the decision makers in the dugout and in the front office. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. And welcome to Inside Twins. It is brought to you each and every Sunday by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. I'm Corey Provis. Twins and the Mets getting set to wrap up this weekend series. Twins are seeking a sweep over the Mets, and hopefully that will happen today. Behind Pablo Lopez, a 10-game winner, and fellow righty Tyler McGill will oppose for the Mets. So we thank you for joining us on the Sunday show as we continue to wind down the 2023 regular season. Hopefully more baseball coming up, though, for this team once we get to October. And our guest on our Sunday show is Derek Falvey, and we always appreciate your time, and thanks for coming back. Uh, always good to be here, Corey, and uh, great Sunday here. Yeah, happy Sunday to you and all as the Twins look to sweep this series. All right, the, the lead right now is a season-best seven-and-a-half games, so fans see that, we all see that, and with that comes the magic number. Is that even on your radar? Can you even allow that to be on your radar at this point? I, I do not. Okay. <laughs> until it's until it's one, maybe that's what <laughs> that's when I talk about it. But until then, the focus, honestly, in the clubhouse with our guys, it was the same three weeks ago, four weeks ago as it is today. Just keep focusing on the day in front of you. So fans on those same lines, they say, "All right, what well, postseason? It's looking good." They start thinking about what the roster may look like again. Probably not there yet, though, for you and your staff, right? Yeah, you don't. But I think it's the same conversation that you're having about the current roster. I get that we have 28 men on the roster, and hopefully if we're fortunate enough to play in the postseason, we're back to the 26 that we had all year. I think we're right now using guys in a way that we're trying to audition to some degree to figure out how that might work uh, on a roster that hopefully is in, in, a, in a playoff situation. So uh, right now, the, getting guys healthy is the focus. We've gotten some back of late, and, and hopefully we'll get a few more back in the, in the weeks to come. I want to get back to that, too in our next segment, get some injury updates from you on, on a variety of different guys. Twins made a roster move today. Hilberto Celestino is here, and Jorge Polanco is no longer on the active roster. How come? Yeah, Jorge Polanco's, um, unfortunately, his brother-in-law passed away yesterday. Sounds like was uh, was fighting, uh, dealing with cancer, uh, and ultimately something that obviously very tragic, um, from what I understand, younger man. He had to fly out. It was quick news last night that he got, ultimately got on a flight this morning with his wife and family. Um, our hearts and our thoughts and our prayers are with Jorge, so he's going to he's gonna handle that back in his home uh, Dominican Republic and, and hopefully get back here when you know the time is right for him and his family and remind people out there how the bereavement list works and how long a player is allowed to be away from his team yeah so it's it, there's a minimum number of days that he has to be away so in, uh, he couldn't leave for a day and come back in a day it's three days there um, and then typically thereafter you know you typically see somewhere between three and five days for most of these placements uh, somewhere in that range so we'll work with Jorge we just want to make sure that he's he needs to be where he needs to be for his family and for himself right now uh, and we'll certainly welcome him back with open arms when he comes back we want to make sure He's there for his wife and his wife's family. Yeah, while we're talking about Polanco, let's kind of shift it back to the player. And seeing this team play the kind of baseball it has has, has, has gone on now for a while, not just here in September, going back to August as well, 
it's no surprise that Polanco's success is a big part of this team's success, right? Yeah, there's no doubt. It has been for a lot of years now. I mean, since I've been here, I know that I've always felt that watching Jorge Polanco from a distance as a young prospect coming up, this is the type of hitter, type of player who just seems to find himself in situations to either create a run-scoring opportunity or drive in the run. And he's been such an advanced hitter for us, whether it's taking a walk, understanding the situation. He's hit for power. He's obviously hit to get on base and, and for average at times, too. So just a really maybe um, an underappreciated player in some ways just because of how quiet he is and how he goes about his business, but a, a key member of the middle of our lineup when we're going our best. Yeah, he's been locked in that two spot now for a while, and I brought this up with Rocco during the, the Cleveland series, and Rocco you know, spent so much time every day on lineup construction, but there was a point during the Guardian series where he kind of put the splits and some of the other advanced trends on the back burner and went, it seemed like, Derek, in my visit with him, leaning towards his gut saying that I just feel good about this group of guys batting where they are, at least in that particular series. Do you agree? Yeah, no doubt. And I think that Rocco maybe, um, I think, externally sometimes it's viewed a certain way about how numbers and analytics get used by staff and by Rocco and, and, and I get to sit in there, I get to see it every day you know, thinking about who might play the next day, what that might look like as he and Jace and the hitting coaches and advanced team are talking about it. The splits and the projections and some of that information, it helps inform your, your decision making process but at the end of the day you have to make a human decision and Rocco does that every night. Yeah, there are situations where sometimes a guy's a little beat up maybe we're going to get him a day if it's left on left or something like that but it, Ultimately, he's always making decisions like that, and I think in the Cleveland series, certainly he did that again. And certainly this run of righties that the Twins have seen, it's been it's been Julian, it's been Polanco, it's been Lewis, it's been Kepler, it's been Correa. That five, that five is, is a great way to begin a game. No doubt. And, we, and we've seen so many right-handed opposing pitchers, so Rocco hasn't adjusted much from that lately. Yeah, no doubt. And I think what we've seen, and even going to yesterday or even in the days prior, I think picking those right spots for those big pinch hit opportunities has been huge, right? When Max comes in yesterday with a day off in a big spot late in that game, a chance to blow it open and does, that's huge. We were, or it's Ryan Jeffers, you know, last week in a big spot, finding a right spot for him to come in and hit, you know, maybe against a tough lefty that comes in. These are the things that over the course of a season, winning baseball teams find a way to do more often than not. Uh, no one bats a 1,000. That's the way this base, this game works. But ultimately, if you put players in positions to be successful, I think you see that that turn out really good most of the time. Rocco said post game in terms of Kepler, this is the best I, I've seen him play. And that got me, my antenna up, and I'm sure many others, to 19 before Max got hurt because he looked incredible. He should have been an all-star that year and, and sadly wasn't. But, but is this the best that, that Kepler has played, if not ever, certainly since 19, right? Yeah, certainly. I, I would say that during that stretch, I remember that you know vividly, too. It was a great stretch for him. This is the best since then. I would chalk it. They're probably neck and neck in terms of the quality. But I think maybe this time, you know, with that team and the 19 team and just the, the success of the entire lineup kind of felt like it mixed into what the others were doing. It feels like Max has – we've leaned on Max. He's had to carry us at different junctures during this stretch and, and really was one of the first guys to get us going when we got going good after the All-Star break. So I think that Max's performance of late, he's, his defense never slumps. This guy always plays good right field defense. So ultimately matching that with some of the offensive production of late has been huge for us. But why now? Like, wh wh why is he locked in now? And what happened in 20 and 21 and 22? I mean, can you can you put your finger on that? Can't perfectly always. You know, I think that there are th things that you always try and look at and, and try and dissect. But, you know, this is, a, again, a human game. And I think the numbers are the numbers, right? And they, they tell a story as to what a player has done but we've always believed in Max's talent and ability to 
to perform uh, at the right time, and I think he's he stayed physically fit. He's he's focused on what he needs to do. He continues to work through some of the challenges that he's had offensively at times, and I'm just really proud of the fact that he's come through all of that on this end and is now experiencing some of the outcomes that match some of the process that's led into it. Yeah, health certainly I think is at the top Absolutely. of that list. Had the foot last year. He's at the back in 19. No he's doubt. had some hamstring, hamstring injuries, so seeing Kepler healthy and flourish right now is certainly a great sight to see. We'll take a break, come back, and we'll talk more about injuries when we come back at the latest on Buxton. Nick Gordon was out working out of the field earlier today. Get the latest on those guys and more. Derek Falvey is our guest. It's Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. We continue next on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Twins Baseball. Yeah, there are home runs. Get high in the air, right center field, might have a chance. Walner has done it! Walner's first career grand slam. Oh, yeah, they know how to put on a show. Oh, and let's not forget the fun. Minnesota It's Fan Appreciation Weekend at Target Field, September 22nd to the 24th. To say thank you, the first 5,000 fans on Friday and Saturday receive an exclusive Twins beanie, courtesy of Caribou Coffee. For tickets, visit twins.com. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. On Fridays, fill your appetite with Twins Baseball and all-you-can-eat ballpark favorites presented by Valley Sports North. Deal includes a grandstand ticket. Go to twins.com slash ticket specials for more info. Wish your life came with a warning app? That dog does not want to be petted. <laughs> well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but prediabetes does. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Probe is back with the president of baseball operations for the Twins, Derek Falvey, kind enough to stop by for a Sunday conversation. All right, injuries. Let's uh, get to those. I wrote down a bunch of names, and let's begin first with Nick Gordon. I saw him out here earlier this morning. He was taking ground balls. He's been moving around well, still waiting for that green light to go play for the Saints. Is that lined up to start at some point soon? Yes. So, so Nick is probably the the, the easiest one, you know, from a, a plan standpoint that we had had right from the time of injury. When you fracture that bone in that foot, 
Uh, he can start hitting. He can start playing catch. He can do all kinds of things. Running the bases and pushing off the bases and putting stress in that area, you just have to wait for everything to fully heal. It's, it's really that simple. So uh, he hasn't quite been cleared from, from an orthopedic standpoint in that, but he's done everything else, right? So he's building up. He will likely end up on a rehab here in the next week or so uh, and start to build into some games and, and hopefully will get himself ready to be a, an option if needed at the end of the season. In years past and before they, they tweaked the, the minor league schedule, this would have been a tough place, right, to find reps for guys that are hoping to play meaningful September baseball. But now the schedule and the calendar with the Saints allows not just Nick but other guys to do just that here, right? Yeah, definitely a huge benefit. I mean, it used to be that you would send them to Florida and you'd have sim games or some type of instructional league games that you'd be playing. That was the best way to get guys at bats this time of year. It's a benefit of the new of the new structure and the new schedule that allows us to sync up a little bit more of our minor league schedule at the end of the major league season. All right, other guys I wanted to bring up, Michael A. Taylor, out right now with a hamstring injury. Yeah, Taylor, you know, he fought through that for a while. You know, we saw him getting a day off here and there and was kind of managing this. I think as we all saw when he was playing in Texas, um, just got a little tight on him and, and ultimately needed to be shut down. He's a tough kid. I mean, this, this this kid is a grinder, wants to be out there every day. This was the best way for us to manage it over the rest of the season, give him a stretch down. Our expectation is because of how the treatment's gone, how he's gone, he may not necessarily need a rehab assignment. Mm-hmm. He may only be down roughly the 10 days of the IL. So hopefully we can see him back here right at the end of that assignment. All right, uh, some other guys I want to bring up. Uh, Brock Stewart, uh, he's been out for a while with an elbow injury but continues to face some hitters. Yeah, really excited about where Brock's gone. We've been uh, pretty conservative with his treatment going through. He's thrown bullpens, felt good after each of those bullpens. He now progressed to some live BPs. Live BP the other day was up to 97 with a really good slider again uh, against hitters. Hitters said he looked good. He'll get another one of those, and then hopefully if he gets another one of those live BPs, then we're talking about him facing real hitters on a rehab assignment. All right, that's good news. So maybe one more live VP after that, that comes, would be the hope. comes out of that fine. That the then he'll be pitching for the Saints. Chris Paddock, he began his rehab with uh, Fort Myers not too long ago. Yeah, that was fun to see. You know, Chris, one of the things that we heard after the outing, one of the things Chris said was, I really had to get used to the pitch clock. And we haven't been talking about that for, for the whole year. <laughs> that's but right. if you think about New it, guy. he's a guy yeah, who hasn't pitched right. in close to that's two right. years. He yeah. needed that that experience. You know, so it's these types of things that when you when you get into rehab, you learn that guys haven't had that exposure yet. So he, he threw the ball really good the other day. His bullpens have been great. His lives have been great. He's progressing. He'll progress. He threw three innings. He'll progress to another three-inning stint. Uh, we, we, you know, are remaining hopeful that he could be a, a factor here down the stretch. So three innings, is that kind of the cap where he's going to be at? If he rejoins this team in some capacity, is that you know, three innings or maybe 40, 45 pitches? That, yeah, is that how I you kind of think of it like that, it? and I think it's three or fewer, right? I, okay. I, I just don't see a world. It's not smart. It's not prudent at this point in this juncture when a guy's building up getting him back to 70, 80, 90 pitches as a starter. That's not going to be our focus. So if we can get him built out to two, three innings here, see how he's doing and how he responds from start to start, that'll give us a chance to consider whether or not he could be a weapon for us down the stretch. All right, so Stewart, Paddock, possible options to add to the bullpen. Is Jorge Alcala on that same level? Yeah, Jorge Alcala threw last night in uh, down in a rehab assignment. His first game out uh, was 95 to 98. Looked a little more like the old Jorge Alcala. Again, another one, kind of a unique stress reaction injury that he had that we just had to wait and make sure that it was fully healed before he built back up. But feeling good and again could be just like those two guys that I just mentioned could be factors for us down the stretch if they stay healthy. All right, how about the latest on Byron Buxton right now? Yeah, so Byron obviously, you know, well documented that when he 
went built back, built him to center field. He's been dealing with dealt with some tendonitis coming out of that game, um, and as a result, we've given him some downtime here. He's he's getting a chance actually to see our, our docs again today, see how that progression has gone, you know, with the rehab that he's been doing since he's been shut down over the last few days. Uh, subsequent to that, we'll make a decision as to what the timeline looks like going back. I know this is a difficult one for fans, for 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 us, you know, for everyone who's been around Byron, certainly for for Byron himself. We're truly going to take this again day to day. So hopefully as he progresses through this week, we fully expect him going on another rehab assignment here before the season's out and that he can be a factor for us down the stretch, but we need to take that day to day. Will that rehab allow him to play center or did this experiment at least say to you guys and to the medical staff and to Byron that right now center field is not in play? You know, it, we, we haven't actually made that final decision. And I think Byron doesn't want to make that decision and, and the docs say that we don't need to. They, they said that this is something that he's dealing with some level of tendonitis they could argue that it's you know independent of him playing center field it's going to happen when he's running and pushing and playing the bases if he's hitting doubles and triples and, and being a factor out there he's going to create some stresses on his legs so we haven't ruled that out at this point and we won't plan to until uh, the calendar tells us that's the case so we're going to keep building him back he wants to keep building back with that in mind we're going to wait and see. Likely it will include a lot of DH time in his rehab. There's no doubt about that. But we're going to we're going to leave open the possibility of still playing the field. Any of the team doctors and medical personnel, are they, are they advising or even getting on your radar, his radar, that surgery might be needed again whenever his season or the team season ends no you know we've talked about that a lot and I don't think I don't think that's the case you know he doesn't have something there that we feel is um, or any doctors not just within our own walls but other docs who have assessed him uh, feel needs to be the case with that so in terms of surgical intervention so we're continuing to focus on how we just get him back to to fully to what he can be fully healthy down the stretch and, and be a boost for this team because we know he can be when he's his best self. One more in Byron, then we'll take our last break. And Whenever this season ends and you begin to, to come up with all your plans this offseason, how to, how to make this team better for 2024, near the top of your list, is that going to be to identify what Byron Buxton's role for this team will be concretely? You know, we have a really good idea. Come spring training 2024, that Byron's role is going to be this, and let's plan for that. Yeah, I would say I, there are very few things in uh, in baseball life that you plan for concretely, you know, so to speak. It's it, there's a lot of moving parts. You want to be prepared for it. We know that we want to continue to support Byron's. Um, ability to play center field that is a focus that was a goal last offseason it's, it's been a goal this entire year how we've managed that in conjunction with also getting him dh reps and getting his bat in the lineup that's been a challenge for us for sure we fully anticipate that will be our offseason again we're going to focus on how do we get him in center field and how do we get hopefully get to that point where in january and into february we're feeling really good about that so that will be the all of our focus as we go into the year well we're going to have to have plans around it just like we do at every other position and make sure that we're prepared because as as you've seen with our team this year, I think it's the depth and the surrounding parts that have really helped us navigate to the position we're in today. The Michael A. Taylor move makes a ton of sense, and it made a lot of sense at the time. So do you envision something comparable to that? just in case it doesn't work out the way that everybody wants this winter? Well, I think it's always every cycle affords you opportunities to find players, whether it's trade, free agency, or internal development. And I think this in this cycle, maybe more so than most, I look down at AAA and I think about guys like Austin Martin who have really come on and played some center field, um, guys on our current roster that you know we think can go out there some. What Willie Castro has been able to do as a, as a multi-position weapon for us who also can go play center field. Maybe we have some internal fits that might, 
might work too. Uh, but it doesn't rule out anything with Michael going forward as well. We know free agency is coming for him, and, and that'll be part of the conversation. But we'll continue to find ways to augment the roster and, and the team to try and build the best we can for 24. All right, good stuff there with Derek Falvey. We'll come back and wrap up our Sunday show Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer next on your home for Minnesota Twins baseball. Minnesota Twins Community Fund is supported by Minnesota Twins Cornerstone Partners, Target, U.S. Bank, Treasure Island Resort and Casino, and Nike. We thank them for supporting youth baseball and softball throughout the upper Midwest and for getting more kids in the game. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Ever wondered what Target Field looks like from behind the scenes? Don't miss your chance to experience the ballpark as players and staff do. Target Tours runs Monday through Saturday. See twins.com for more info. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back. It's our final segment of Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Probe is back with Derek Falvey. One last segment here on the Sunday show. Couldn't help but think about this driving into work today with the Mets being in town and, and really the, the offseason for Carlos Correa. And I wonder if you have thought the same thing. 
this weekend with the Mets in town that Correa, there was a moment where he was a giant, then there was a moment he was a Met, and now ended up back here. But have you thought about that much this weekend? Uh, you know, I haven't really specifically that, but I, I remember talking to Carlos this offseason after everything had, had gone down and through this. And, um, you know, he was never really with those teams, right. you know, in the end. And so I'm sure it's different for him personally, but um, I feel like, you know, there's probably a l little extra motivation in those games, right? Whether it was the earlier ones against San Francisco or our games now, uh, we're really glad he's here. Uh, certainly we know that he's gone through some things this year, hasn't played, you know, to his full potential. He knows that. But of late, he's really been a key part of us, and he's always been a key member in that clubhouse, and that's the thing you that should never slump for him, and it will never slump for him, how he helps us be the team we want to be. How far down the road did you get with plan B and C at shortstop when you thought that he was he was going elsewhere? Well, I think that we always had, you know, some internal planning to some degree. I mean, obviously the acquisition of Kyle Farmer was going to give us some protection there, of course, along the way that happened before Carlos. And then as we thought about even when we acquired Willie Castro and had, you know, good good visions for what he could be and we knew Royce was coming back but ultimately on the free agent side of things you know in, in the plan and we were always in the mix with Carlos it felt like even when those things happened you know for short bits of time with with San Francisco and New York we always felt we were still there and so uh, fortunate we didn't have to get too far down the line with other ones. Francisco Lindor is back in town as well and that's a guy that you go back a long time with uh, do you have a good Lindor's oh. Taylor too that you can share from yeah. your time together with Cleveland. You know he's a he, everyone gets to see his big smile every day and it lights up a room. Always has. But I remember a game in A ball in Lake County, uh, in Ohio. He was uh, it was 11:30 after the game. I was sitting in the manager's office, which happened to be adjacent to the weight room, which was very small at that time in Low A. And it was after the game, and I hear weight getting thrown around in there, and it's it's loud and thinking someone's really getting after it in there. And I remember saying to the manager at the time, who's out there, like, working out right now? It's, you know, an hour after the game had ended. Oh, it's Frankie. He's working hard, like, post-game. That's who he was. And that he was 18 or 19 years old at the time. So I'm, you know, proud of what he's become uh, and certainly, you know, the type of player he is, but also, the, you know, the face that he's become as part of our game uh, ultimately. When the Twins were on this last road trip and, you know, Terry Francona, it's, it's hard not to, to see it because he's talking about it, even though nothing official is being said, he's, he's letting everybody know that this is probably going to be it after this season. And speaking of your time there, you were with that man every day inside that office. Uh, Rocco and, and, and Tito mentioned this on his pregame show with Tom Hamilton before the last game of that series on Wednesday, that Rocco called him just to thank him and played for him, of course, for a year with the Red Sox. But what, what do you think this game without Terry Francona? What will it miss oh. if he's not managing in 2024? We definitely do not have enough time for this okay. part of the conversation. But I would tell you this, that this man may, means more to me than um, almost anybody in the game of baseball. And I wouldn't be sitting where I am today without him. I, I fundamentally believe that. And I've told him that before. Uh, the hardest part <laughs> about this job for me at times with him is competing against him because I, I want to beat him so bad. That's, that's the reality of sitting in this chair because of our, our team is in the division. But the game will miss him uh, if this ultimately is where it's, it seems to be tracking. Um, it will miss him a lot, but he's made a huge impact, and I'm guessing his impact's not done in some way, shape, or form. That's well said. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for having me. Uh, we thank Derek Falvey for his time here on this Sunday. Twins and the Mets, third and final game coming up. Twins are seeking a weekend sweep. It's Pablo Lopez and righty Tyler McGill, the pitching matchup to wrap up the series. Stay tuned. More to come. Right here from Target Field, Chris's pregame show is moments away. Then we'll have game three right here on your home for Minnesota Twins baseball.
You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. A Minnesota family tradition fit for royalty. The Minnesota Renaissance Festival. Sword fighting, fire breathing, music, magic, juggling, and more. Delicious food and drink, live armor, jousting, and our marketplace is a shopper's dream. Plan your adventure at renaissancefest.com. In the history of Twins baseball, there's one name that means legend, Killebrew. So when you gather together this summer, there's only one old-fashioned root beer that delivers that Hall of Fame taste to thirsty fans everywhere. That's Killebrew. Your family will love Minnesota-made Killebrew old-fashioned root beer and cream soda. Pick up a cold, frothy Killebrew root beer at Target Field. Then cheer on the fun. Take it from me, Ken Herbeck, Killebrew. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Strikes, steals, superfans. Summer's better downtown. Be here to cheer on your favorite team because in downtown Minneapolis, we are diehard summer superfans. Let's get together and play. Visit mplsdowntown.com for more. Growing up on the farm, I woke up as early as mom and dad. I put as many hours on the tractor, changed as many teeth on the tiller as my brothers. When there's work to be done, you put your boots on and you do it. I do that on my farm and in my job at Case IH. My name is Kelsey, I'm a farmer, and I work for Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. Visit your local Case IH dealer at Johnson Tractor in Menominee, Wisconsin. Ring the bell, Jackrabbit Nation! Your football team is the FCS National Champions! The South Dakota State football team is coming to the Twin Cities as the Jackrabbits take on the Drake Bulldogs at Target Field, Saturday, September 16th, presented by CHS. Be there in yellow and blue by logging on to twins.com football. We'll see you at Target Field, Saturday, September 16th. Go big, go blue, go Jacks. It's time for a Twins player profile. Every game, we take you behind the scenes and introduce you to a Twins player off the field. This is Jordan Belzovic. What is your favorite candy? I'd say my favorite candy is uh, Lifesavers, Gummies. What is your guilty pleasure movie? Days Confused. When I'm on the field, I'm probably playing video games. What is your favorite home-cooked meal growing up? Well, my mom's, my mom's pancakes, homemade pancakes are probably the best way to start my day, and those are my favorite. Who is your favorite non-baseball athlete? Alexander Ovechkin, we have the same birthday. What superhero would you be? Superman. What is one place you want to visit? Uh, I want to go to Germany, I have family in Germany, so that'd probably be my first stop. What is your favorite TV show? I liked uh, Sense of Anarchy. This has been Jordan Belzani. Looking for a flexible way to watch the Twins at Target Field this season? Our 80, 40, or 20 game flex plans allow you to choose the home games you want to attend. Log in to twins.com slash flex for more information. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazon's 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.